Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jacob, I'm here with Lou, and we're going to be talking about Lou's pro-life political work. From working with voter guides to help people vote pro-life, all the way to helping people find encouragement to run for office when they have the pro-life issue as their top priority and how they can adopt and learn about other areas of government even though those may not be the primary driving forces. So please stay tuned, be encouraged, and I hope you find this helpful. Lou, I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to hear about your pro-life work and the and the political side of things. Um, so would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a group of pro-life leaders? Yes, I'm very happy to do that. Uh, I've been uh, involved in the, the pro-life uh, movement uh, kind of peripherally uh, from a very young age. Uh, it, I've always been very interested in the issue. I've always wanted to know where candidates stood if I was voting for them on this issue. I had some trouble back in the 70s uh, being too personally involved and active because the, a lot of the literature had these just gut-wrenching pictures of babies that had been chopped up. And I just emotionally, physically couldn't even bear to look at that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, later in life, uh, I've been involved in politics, so I've been interested in candidates that were going to be pro-life as one of the, the issues I was going to help them get elected to office. And then uh, I've also been active with the Sacramento uh, Pro-Life Center. My wife was on the, the board. We uh, raised money for them, uh, spent time helping them. Uh, and then when I lived in Virginia, uh, working in DC, I was uh, active with a pro-life center in Maryland, uh, not as much as in Sacramento because uh, neither I nor my late wife were on the, the board, but we, it was the only one nearby and we wanted to continue our, our pro-life work with them. Uh, when I returned to California, I became active with the California Pro-Life uh, Committee uh, headed by Brian Johnston, who's also the West Coast leader of national uh, pro-life and I'm currently serving on their political action committee, uh, helping them uh, find the right candidates or get good candidates to run or for pro-life. So that's a, a thumbnail on the, the life side. Okay. Yeah, I, I've had a similar, I had a similar reaction to the, so like the, the bloody uh, photos on the sidewalk um, I, I sort of felt like those marked the people on the sidewalk as like the enemy, and I felt like it was better to promote free ultrasounds, free pregnancy tests. We care for we want to provide you with care and a listening ear, and being more of a positive approach. Um, but I felt like the photos didn't really resonate with um, aligning us with looking out for that young woman seeking an abortion. I, I feel like. What are your thoughts on like a better approach or alternatives when it comes to those photos? 
Yeah, well, I, I think you're putting your, your finger on the, the way those materials kind of go in, in two different directions. One, uh, I don't object to them in the sense that they uh, graphically show what's going on. I get that. Um, and that, that's, that has a value in, in the discussion. But if you're, uh, as I've had to do uh, only a couple of times in, in my life with one of my daughter's friends and um, uh, separately uh, with another individual, uh, you, you need to be able to talk to them. And if you're, if you come across as uh, being too harsh, not listening, uh, uh, being more dictatorial in terms of, you know, uh, this is what you're doing, uh, as opposed to trying to talk to people about the alternatives, uh, how far along their baby may be, uh, uh, has it uh, uh, developed a heartbeat yet? Uh, those are ways to actually have a conversation with people. And yeah. my experience in, in politics uh, and personal life uh, has been that people whose minds you want to change, you've got to have a conversation with them. Uh, you, you don't get very far by starting off with you're wrong. And um, that's the, the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, so going into your, the political action work, um, of encouraging, uh, pro-life, pro-life people to run for state and local, you know, local, local office. Um, tell me, like, tell me what's that like? Um, what's, what's that been, what's been the experience to, to try and encourage people to run for, these government positions and what's the results been? Like, what's the story there? Well, it's it's very hard to get people to, to run for office, uh, period, and, unless they have the uh, interest to begin with. So to some deg degree, you wanna try to uh, beat the bushes and, and find people who might be interested in running for, for office, that they thought about it at some time uh, in the past, maybe, but uh, not actually done it. And then you want to uh, find out where they stand on the issues of, of import, and then also try to walk them through the process if they're not political, uh, of what a campaign looks like, how much time this is really going to take. Uh, it, it would be a mistake to sugarcoat it and say, it's not gonna take any time it's really easy to put your name on the ballot. You don't have to do anything else. Well, that's a prescription for a losing campaign. So you, you got to get people who are willing to do the work that's required. Um, if you find out that somebody's running uh, and then go to them and ask them about the pro-life issue, uh, if that's not why they're running and they're pro-life, that's not gonna be a, an issue that they're going to lead with. They may vote right, but we also need people in public office who are going to uh, be leaders on the issue. 
Now, I don't mean that if they're elected to a school board that they're going to be talking about the pro-life issue at every school board meeting. But what I mean is when issues come up about whether you're going to uh, fund abortions uh, through the schools, or if you're going to buy insurance for employees that includes uh, abortion coverage, uh, you, you need somebody who's going to be a leader, not somebody who sits there and listens to the reports that staff give them about what the cost effective benefit of this particular or that particular uh, insurance company is. You need somebody who will raise the questions, find out what's really going on, what the implications are on a pro-life uh, basis, and um, uh, make motions or second motions, uh, as well as ask questions of legal counsel uh, and others to kind of uh, move the ball on those issues. So you, you don't always get that just because somebody happens to be pro-life and they manage to get elected to public office and they're doing lots of good things. Uh, if abortion isn't a driving issue for them, uh, they're not even going to realize that a, a vote on insurance is somehow going to uh, potentially affect abortions. Uh, so, you know, they've got to be plugged in enough to the issue to understand it. And we don't need everybody uh, on like a five member school board to be leaders on pro-life, but we need at least one. And then we need uh, a couple more who are going to vote right after the issue has been fleshed out and uh, there's a, a motion made. So <clears throat> is it enough? for someone, is it enough for someone to run for office if they are just interested in the pro-life issue? But, but, and maybe they're not interested in other areas, like maybe the economy is not what drives them, but it's, it's about making pro-life decisions. Is, like, is that enough for someone, for you to encourage someone? Is, like, is that not, not just as the primary, but almost like as in the, yeah, the, you know, just the dominant topic that's important to them? A uh, good question. Uh, and that goes back to what I was uh, discussing a few minutes ago about uh, they need to understand what they're getting into. If the only reason they want to get elected to office is uh, the abortion issue or the pro-life position, that's great. No problem. But if you're running for, uh, let's say, city council, are you willing to study and learn about the issues dealing with law enforcement? Are you willing to look and understand the issues dealing uh, with the budget? Uh, are you looking, willing to look at the pension issues uh, if there's uh, an unfunded pension liability problem? Because there are a host of other things you're going to be voting on. And yeah. there are a host yeah. of things that people are going to be interested uh, in your position on. And if you're willing to do all those things, even though the only thing you really, the only reason you're really running is to get on there uh, to have a pro-life position, that's fine. But if you aren't willing to do the work necessary to answer questions uh, at candidate forums, you're not willing to do the work to understand the issues so you can be an effective member of the, the council. One, you're not likely to get elected Two, if somehow you get elected, 
you're not likely to get reelected, despite all the energy, time, money that people put into getting you there, if you just can't play any role in the more significant issues that happen on a day in, day out basis with zoning and uh, all kinds of issues. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If, if someone's willing to put in the effort to figure out those other areas while having that pro-life primary passion um, makes a really good candidate who's going to end up driving that pro-life um, posture stronger in public policy, perhaps. Um, yeah, and sometimes uh, all you're going to get is uh, somebody who's pro-life uh, and they're really good on a whole bunch of other issues, uh, law enforcement, uh, keeping city budgets under control, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and at that point, it's kind of incumbent upon you as the volunteer or maybe uh, somebody that played a role in the campaign as a campaign chairman or uh, a, a regional chairman getting volunteers together or whatever to understand that there's a, a, an abortion issue coming up and to get in touch with a candidate that you helped get elected and say, oh, by the way, you may not be aware of it, but uh, this issue is coming up before uh, your city council recently because the state legislature just passed this bill and this is going to be before every city council in the state. And uh, I want you to take a look at it and get engaged on this. And if they're truly pro-life, they're gonna thank you for having brought it to their attention. Uh, they had no idea what was going on because you're focused on pro-life. He's not necessarily focused on pro-life to the extent of other issues that are uh, coming before the, the council. But if you know that he's going to be seeing it and getting it to him in advance, then he or she has an opportunity to get up to speed on the issue and uh, you have an opportunity to work with them on developing their position. Interesting. Um, so I can imagine people that are listening to this podcast, several of them are gonna be executive directors of pregnancy clinics. And those executive directors of pregnancy clinics might have a couple hundred people on their Facebook page that are pro-life, you know, on the donor-facing Facebook page, as well as they might have several hundred, uh, possibly more than a thousand uh, pro-life supporters on their e-letter that they send out or their newsletter that they send out. So what kind of message would you encourage pregnancy clinics to, to state in regards to encouraging their pro-life base to consider taking political office along with being willing to become a student of other policies? Well, first of all, I'd make uh, a couple of points. Uh, there are things that uh, people can do uh, in a nonprofit that are political uh, if they're doing it in an individual uh, way, not through the, the crisis pregnancy center. Uh, okay. the, the other thing is that uh, people uh, will sometimes get real scared about getting into politics because we're a crisis pregnancy center. Well, uh, being on even the board of directors of a crisis, 
crisis pregnancy center doesn't mean that you give up your right to participate in elections as an individual, number one. Number two, there are things that you can do even through a nonprofit organization, uh, particularly for, like you're saying, your members. Um, you, you don't have to take a political position and endorse a candidate, but you can say there are two candidates for the state legislature in our area. Uh, candidate uh, X has these positions on the abortion issue. Uh, candidate Y has other positions on the abortion issue. Um, and um, you can provide that information and that's not political. Uh, you can uh, do that without any, any problem at all. Is it considered, is it considered um, taboo to encourage your base to run for office as like a good thing to do? Uh, or is that starting to, I mean, if you're not, if, you know, not necessarily naming a candidate to vote for, but saying, you know, to, to encouraging your base to consider the idea of running for office or what, yeah, where would the line be drawn when it comes to like what's appropriate as a 501c3 looking to keep their 501c3 status? Yeah, well, I, I think that you can do anything you want as long as you're not spending uh, nonprofit money. So okay. that means that you could politically uh, contact uh, uh, that list uh, on your own uh, and encourage them uh, to run or uh, ask them if they've ever thought about running and try to uh, get a conversation going. Uh, if you ask people if they've ever thought about running, you know, that's a tough question. So you may not really get answers to it. But uh, you, you may have a conversation online with people about uh, some people. I've been talking to people about uh, running for office. People say it's a challenge, one thing and another. Uh, and, and what do you think? So you, you, instead of just making a pronouncement, you kind of engage them in a process of talking about it. And out of that process, you come up with somebody who has thought about it, but uh, that was years ago. And, you know, they had their family come along and, well, now the kids are out of the household, you know, maybe, uh, maybe this would be a, a time to look at something like that. But I wouldn't even know where to begin, w would you? And then you're in a position to kind of uh, lead them towards somebody who can help them uh, with how to get trained or how to run a campaign, maybe somebody who's run campaigns locally before, et cetera, et cetera. The, the other thing for the crisis uh, pregnancy center itself is that every campaign uh, puts together uh, an organization has volunteers um, and donors. Now, some of those might end up being some of your own people supporting one of your own people, I get that, but any decent campaign is going to be recruiting volunteers that aren't part of your initial uh, friendship network, uh, donors that aren't part of your initial friendship net network. So these are going to be resources that can potentially be capped in the future by the Crisis Pregnancy Center, uh, either in the normal course of events or if you're doing a, uh, 
a special fundraising project because you've got to move to a new location or zoning is required that now your office on the second floor is going to have to install an elevator or you know whatever. So uh, there's a, a longer term benefit that's going to come back to the crisis pregnancy center uh, out of that. Uh, as long as they're paying attention uh, and, and keeping notes. Um, I have a, a line in, um, in life that if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So it's, it's good to keep track of uh, relationships, lists of people, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, sounds, like, it sounds like an executive director, if they're talking to, talking to donors off the clock, and talking to them individually over the phone perhaps or over dinner that would be a really good time to encourage someone who sort of fits the 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 profile of someone in the right in the right capacity having capacity along with that pro-life um passion um and so I thought, it seems like maybe instead of a mass you know instead of a, a message going to the entire base it might be better to have it as an individual conversation, and that might be more impactful as well on the right people. Yes, uh, particularly if you have somebody in mind who's uh, passionate, uh, has the, uh, the bio, the, the credibility to, to be a candidate for a specific office that you may have in mind. Uh, and then, you know, you've got to think through uh, ramifications career-wise for somebody. Uh, if this is a part-time job, okay, it's going to take some time. This is a full-time job for three months or six months out of the year uh, with the state legislature. Uh, that's going to impact their business. Well, if the session's in the spring and you do taxes for a living, that's probably not a good match. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if you can morph your work around uh, maybe uh, uh, being gone three months or six months at the state capitol is not going to be uh, a deal killer. Yeah, that's good. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess the encouragement for those listening is to think, you know, who might, who out of your donor base might need encouragement to run for local local uh, a local office or position. Um, so one of the things that your group, tell me about the um, publication, uh, the voting guide that you, your group works with for your local uh, voting area. And like, is it for a certain county in California or is it for, what, I mean, what's, what's the geographic scope and what's the uh, voting guide, um, what's it consist of? Yeah, it's, it's very challenging uh, because it's the state of California, it's the California Pro-Life Council. So we try to do a voter guide for the whole state. Now, okay. uh, when we reach out to, to candidates that we don't know, we're calling them, emailing them, asking them to respond. Uh, you would think that the ones who aren't responding aren't pro-life, but it may be just that uh, you were one of 30 emails that day and the one they didn't get to, they meant to get to tomorrow and tomorrow they have another 30 emails they're doing. So 
you've really got to go after people. Uh, sometimes they'll put a pro-life position on their website, but not necessarily uh, in a political campaign. You should be talking principally about the three biggest issues in that particular race. Uh, and the pro-life issue may not be one of them. Uh, it, uh, so uh, you've got a, you've got a big job to do getting a hold of these people uh, and getting them to respond. We would like them to do a questionnaire. We have a federal questionnaire. We have a state legislative questionnaire. We have a um, local uh, candidates questionnaire. And we try to get the, the questionnaire filled out and then we go through meticulously and look at them. Um, there are people that may think that they are pro-life, <clears throat> but uh, they also uh, think that uh, old folks should have uh, an option of killing themselves. Um, that would not be a good pro-life position. Um, and then there are a host of uh, different ways that the, the pro-life issue can come up at different levels of, uh, of government. Uh, at a city council, for example, in California, we have a law that if you have an unwanted child, <coughs> excuse me, you have an unwanted child that you've delivered, uh, you can take it to a fire station and drop it at the fire station. Some fire stations basically have a box that you can put the child in and you don't even see anybody at the, at the other end, but you've left the child in a place where they're going to be safe, they're going to be found, they're going to be taken care of. So um, there's a, a ability to either push and make sure that the, not only is, are those facilities available, but just educate public uh, folks uh, that that's an option for them. Uh, I think that some people who have an unwanted pregnancy think that they have two choices, have the baby and raise it at arguably 16, uh, 22 years of age uh, without a father uh, or kill the child. So uh, this gives them another option to, to think about, but they won't know about it if somebody isn't talking about it. And I see you're nodding your head, so you're familiar with the law, <coughs> but a lot of people have no idea that that's even an option. So uh, there are things that can be done at different levels of, of government. And we want, want to try to find out uh, who the good guys are, then we want to publicize it on our state website. And we can't just list every race in California in one place. So we have to break it down by, these are your statewide races uh, for people that live in Los Angeles County. Uh, these are also the local races if you live in the San Fernando Valley. These are the local races if you live in the San Gabriel Valley. So you've got to break down even LA County into more pieces because there are so many different races. Uh, you don't want a, a list of candidates that uh, would choke a horse and people don't 
necessarily know what legisl state legislative district or city council district they're in if the city's divided into districts. So you've got to do enough work that people can easily uh, be able to sort out who the people are that they should be voting for. So it, it's a massive undertaking for us. Wow. Uh, this about a week ago, I voted here in Arizona, and the uh, the voting guide, you know, you know, with the pro life questionnaire was extremely helpful. And it was essentially I put in my address, and it knew who I would be who would be on my ballot. And it was just so, so nice to use. I, I do remember uh, many years ago, we would I would there was the uh, the paper voting guides. And there were probably, you know, for in Arizona, for Tucson, Arizona, there were probably 35 pages deep. And um, obviously only certain pages applied and so on. But yeah, the, uh, the, the online option, at least for my experience recently was just, it was so easy to use. And I, and I regretted any politician that just marked yes or no. Uh, I had, I, I really felt I, I had a longing for them to have a, a sentence or a paragraph so I could really hear their voice because several people would mark yes or no, or, you know, yes on an issue. And yet they didn't have that text to go with it. And, and so then I'm looking at three candidates that didn't say anything. They all just simply had the checkbox checked. And then maybe one or two would write a description. And that description spoke so much more as to like someone's passion. And sometimes I agreed with what they said and sometimes I didn't. But I would definitely, yeah, yeah, have. So it's just really nice when someone writes more than just the checkbox because it gives something to compare. Because comparing yeses is really not possible, but comparing people's um, paragraphs is really, po it's very easily possible. Yep. Although if um, you're marking your ballot, a lot of people are very happy just getting the yeses because they haven't any idea whether Jones or Smith is a better candidate. That's true. And I, I felt that too when voting. It was hard to compare one candidate to another when they felt like they were both on the pro-life side, but yeah, it was hard to tell yeah, which one might be more pro-life than the other perhaps. Um, so moving on, will you, will you speak to the proposition that you're working on in California? Can you tell us what that what the impact might be and what it is? Yeah, uh, after the Supreme Court uh, reversed the uh, road decision, the state legislature, uh, overwhelmingly uh, the, the, the Democrats, uh, sprang into action to codify all of the uh, pro-abortion legislation on the books that are statutory, that is, they are state laws and turn that, that whole basket of state laws into a constitutional initiative to put on the ballot. What that means is that every state law would become, uh, that's pro-abortion would become part of the state constitution. Now, uh, California is a fairly uh, liberal state, I think as, I would suspect everybody on your audience here would uh, would understand. Uh, and most people in California are gonna be pro-abort. However, 
uh, that doesn't mean that we couldn't change the, the law in California. Every time I've seen a, a poll on issues like um, uh, partial birth abortion or uh, abortions uh, after there's a heartbeat, things like that, uh, even people in California think, oh, that's, that's not right. Uh, they may have a different view than you or I about when life begins, but they know that if a baby is has a beating heart, that that's really pretty human. And killing it is just not really a good idea. Uh, but if we had to use initiative in California to get rid of a statute, we would have to collect 5% of the signatures that were uh, or the equivalent number of 5% of the signatures for the votes that were cast in the last gubernatorial election. The, the problem is that if it's a constitutional amendment, it uh, becomes a requirement that we get 7% of the number of votes that were cast in the last gubernatorial election. So that means the cost of qualification, the time of qualification is 40% tougher. Uh, and they know that this is a, uh, an issue that not everybody in California supports uh, as completely as it is. Because in California, the law is that uh, you can get in the delivery room and say, you know what, changed my mind. Uh, I'm on an abortion. I don't want to deliver today. And that's perfectly legal uh, as radical as that sounds, that's, uh, that's the law in California. There's even a bill before the legislature right now that I think has moved through one house. Uh, I think it's moved through the, the assembly and is pending in the Senate that would, um, uh, they are already saying, this doesn't make, uh, infanticide legal in California, um, all it says is that if a baby dies uh, for any unknown reason after it's born within 20 days, um, that there won't be any legal investigation of the cause of its death. Well, you know, that's really convoluted language, but uh, I, I think everybody on this call understands that what that means is if the baby comes out alive and the doctor snips its neck, that you, yeah, couldn't, yeah. Have, you couldn't have an investigation. And if you can't have an, a, an investigation, you certainly can't bring charges against the doctor for having killed the baby. Yeah. Uh, theoretically, uh, the, the way the initiative is written, it codifies all the existing laws in California now into the state constitution. Um, I haven't spoken with uh, an attorney on this point, but uh, it well may be that if the legislature passes this bill, uh, that it would be codified into state, uh, the state constitution as well, because it would be existing uh, state law at the time the initiative is voted on in November. 
but uh, e even so, just the fact that they uh, allow abortions that are late term, let alone um, uh, partial birth abortion, uh, these are things that uh, we can go after and repeal in California, uh, but it will be a whole heck of a lot harder to do if it's stuck in the state constitution. So mm. California Pro-Life is putting together a campaign committee to oppose this initiative. Uh, it was sprung on us, like I say, the legislature ran through very quickly. There were basically a hundred days uh, between when we found out uh, what the legislature had done and uh, the election. So we've been running around trying to put the, the campaign committee together uh, get it, get the language and uh, uh, the forms filed with the state of California, reaching out to people on fundraising, um, reaching out to people to uh, uh, be uh, political advisors for the campaign, just uh, 114 different things that all need to be done stat. Uh, so, sorry. So it sounds like there's a proposition to bring the pro-abort uh, you know, the pro-abort laws and make them California state constitutional level. And is proposition 10 or prop, slash proposition one, is that to reverse, is that fighting up against that or is that- No, no, uh, no, that's the, that's the initiative. It was labeled uh, Prop 10 in the legislature uh, but it was uh, numbered Prop 1 by the Attorney General. So it will okay. be on the ballot in California as Proposition 1. Uh, and that is this awful thing that codifies all of these things into uh, the, the state constitution. And so you're encouraging people to vote no on Proposition 1 in California. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and is that a statewide vote or is, is that mean, does that yeah. cover every district? It's a statewide vote in California. Anybody that's a registered voter in California can vote on it. Uh, will have to vote on it uh, if uh, they know what they're doing. Um, and uh, the, the only benefit to us uh, in, in this fight is that it's easier to defeat an initiative in California than it is to pass one. Uh, all you've got to do is be able to raise uh, enough questions about what's going on. So there is a, even in California, there's a chance that we can defeat this, but we've got to put a legitimate campaign together. We've got to, you can spend a million dollars in California on a campaign and nobody knew you had a campaign going. I mean, it's a big state, very expensive. Uh, so um, we've got a, a a big job ahead of us in slightly under a hundred days to, to get this done. But we're, uh, we're, we're optimistic that if we can put the pieces together that we can do it. And more than that, um, if, if they have miscalculated and we can beat them in California, the message that that sends nationwide is a phenomenal message because it will be played up as abortion lost in California. <coughs> Excuse me. Technically, it won't change the law any in California, but it will be played up big time as abortion lost even in California. 
Hmm. Yeah, that that was so. What what would be something that a pregnancy clinic in California could do? Is it you know when it comes to the not being say political, uh, maybe maybe just simply saying that this is you know the vote you know there's a vote on this right now. It sounds like or when when is when is this vote coming? Among, you know, when will this vote be presented to the people? Like which month in, will that be in, in? In the general election in November. Okay. So now, what um, they can they can yeah. do, even if they are a nonprofit, uh, they can do comparison sheets, uh, laying out the arguments one way or another. If there are not a hostile uh, environment, they may want to wait until the uh, sample ballot comes out and then just take stuff out of the state the state's sample ballot for both both sides arguments uh, okay. and, and reprint those and hand them out to people. They should certainly be talking to their staff, their volunteers um, and mention it at, uh, at staff meetings, mention it at volunteer meetings, uh, get the word out because uh, the, the legislature did this with no public hearings, no debate. Uh, they just ran this thing through the legislature in the blink of an eye. So increasing the awareness and comprehension of it by, you know, by quoting the uh, voting guide from the state in order to just simply, yeah, give a voice to this so that it's the urgency and importance is increased, but maybe not telling, but not telling people how to vote essentially presenting it as you should understand what's going on here. Yes, um, you, they should definitely be educating people, but they should also uh, be sensitive to this uh, and, and not package it as either a Catholic, Christian, whatever position, or even packaging it as a pro-life position. Uh, this should be packaged as this is an extreme package of bills in California. You can literally, under this, get an abortion in the delivery room if you change your mind. This is extreme. This is beyond simple abortion. And uh, that's the winning argument for us in California. Uh, if, 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 if we let them turn this into a uh, anti-Catholic thing or into a pro-life thing, uh, then we're going to have trouble clawing back those voters in the middle. Uh, most Californians support abortion, but they don't support abortion uh, on the way to the delivery room. They don't support abortion after a heartbeat. So that's the place that we need to focus. So to the extent that any of your people want to start articulating a message, uh, that's the, the way they should be uh, scoping it in terms of this isn't just abortion, this is a radical proposal. Is, is the bill, I think it was like 1223 or something, the one that talks about the perinatal, you know, you, you're not allowed to investigate the death of a baby in that perinatal stage after birth, is that part of what's being, you know, presented as being codified into the U.S. the state California state constitution? Is that included? 
Well, it, it isn't included yet because it hasn't passed the legislature and been signed by the governor. I believe okay. it's passed the, the lower house, the assembly, but I think it's still pending in the state Senate. So it needs to pass the legislature intact. In other words, the version passed by the assembly and state Senate have to be identical. Then it has to go to the governor and he has to sign it. Uh, okay. If that happens, uh, then, well, if that happens and the effective date for the bill is um, before the November election, then it would be existing state law. And the way the initiative is written would make that uh, part of the state constitution. But we're wow. not there. We're not there yet. Wow, that's really interesting. That's good for people to understand that. Yeah, because it sounds it's almost like they wrote an equation. So any of these laws that meet this criteria will be included, and we're going to vote on anything that will fit that criteria. Yeah, and what they're doing is they are they understand where the voters are. They may say that everybody's uh, pro-choice or pro-abortion. That's not true, and they know it. So uh, there's a bill on the, the books that says, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little off on this, but it says something like um, uh, abortions are permitted up to 20 weeks. I don't remember the exact number, but something like that. And they're taking the position uh, in, in some of their communications already to say that, well, abortions are only... Uh, uh, possible in California up to 20 weeks. Well, that's if you look at one bill that says you can have an abortion up to 20 weeks, but there are bills that say you can have, like I say, an abortion on the way to the delivery room, but they get it. So they're already trying to argue that this isn't extreme at all, that this is kind of mm. common, common uh, a modest proposal. Yeah, uh, it's a bill says who was that uh, came up with the idea that uh, back between Britain and um, and Ireland, a modest proposal was eating Irish babies. Um, this is a modest proposal uh, from their standpoint. Yeah. yeah, if a bill says you can do it up to twenty weeks, that's not saying you can't do it. Well, I right. don't know, maybe you know, right, especially exactly. there's other bills that say you exactly. can do it beyond that. Right. Yeah. But it's it's disingenuous of them, to say the least, to know that you can get an abortion at any time in your pregnancy in California. <coughs> and they're holding up one law to make people think or some of their pro-abortion folks anyway, are holding up one bill and saying that it's only up to something like 20 weeks. I mean, that. They know that they're lying. There is no conceivable way that they can't know that. Yeah, but they also know that under 20 weeks is, is more accepted than past 20 weeks by the average voter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, All right, well, well I hope yeah, I haven't uh, burdened uh, your folks with, uh, with, with too much stuff today. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, um, 
what's how are you inspired by God to get involved in the pro-life world or how did God pull you in or speak to you or where have you seen his fingerprints where's the where's the God story in this experience that you've been dedicating a lot of passion and time to uh, well I, I I guess I I need to go to my faith to begin with on on, on that point um I was um uh, raised by my parents as a, a Christian. Um, they had me in government schools and um, I was um, printing one year, then I was writing. The next year I was printing again. And um, they decided that these schools weren't really working well. So they took me out of the government schools and put me in a Catholic school. And um, uh, while I was there, uh, besides getting a good education, uh, I also decided to become Catholic. So um, I'm, I'm a convert and converts tend to be pretty militant uh, about their beliefs. Uh, the, the first political thing in, in my life was communism. Uh, I mean, these were bad people killing Christians, uh, uh, preventing churches from, uh, being open, et cetera, et cetera. So I got involved in the anti-communist movement. And as you're, you may be aware, uh, Marx and, and those folks were the, the first big advocates of abortion for women at a time when nobody else uh, around the globe in, in government thought that that was a, uh, a good idea. Um, from there, uh, as I was saying at the at the beginning, uh, we we had the decision saying abortion's legal in the United States. Although you know technically the Roe decision is is uh, for feminists, it's a phony decision because it doesn't say as feminists say it says that a woman has a right to abortion. No, what Roe says is that doctors have a right to perform an abortion. It doesn't say the woman has the right to an abortion. It says that doctors have the right uh, to perform an abortion. And even um, uh, a lot of feminist pro-abort uh, women lawyers have always chided the, that that was the way the, the law was written. But anyway, that came along and all of a sudden out of nowhere, abortion was an issue in, uh, not only California, but in America. And I saw some of this literature, some of the first stuff out was, you know, this, this is what an abortion is. Oh my God, ugh. I mean, I wasn't for an abortion before I, I saw the pictures, but they, it certainly uh, reaffirmed to me that this was um, a, a, a great travesty and we've seen over time that not only is it the travesty, but it just has kept growing and growing and growing <clears throat> to the point where I think we've, uh, we've now killed 50 million Americans. And uh, in New York, 50% uh, of black babies are aborted, 50% um, of them. Um, and and th there doesn't seem to be any outrage. I mean, if um, some black gets shot on the streets of New York in the middle of a robbery, people are upset that a black was shot. 
but the fact that half black babies are killed every year in New York, nobody seems to um, think that that's a, a problem. <coughs> so um, we've all been uh, active in trying to support people who would make appointments to the Supreme Court. I was very active in Reagan's campaign for president. I was national political director of his political action committee, Citizens for the Republic. And um, uh, we got some appointments, um, but we didn't get enough good people to be able to overturn the court. Um, uh, Bush made some appointments, but they weren't all that solid. Um, so we've continued to go sideways for a, another decade. Certainly uh, mm. uh, Clinton did not give us pro-life appointments. Um, so finally under Trump, we, we got the, the two that we needed uh, to have a majority and then the courses needed to perk their way up to the court. Supreme courts can't go out there and grab decisions and uh, take them up and make the decision uh, uh, if it's not on appeal. So after we had a majority or what we thought was a majority, we had to wait for the cases to uh, make their way up to the court. And uh, thank God, uh, I mean, literally, thank God. Um, I wasn't a big fan of, of Donald Trump. He was my last choice for president. I ran through a whole bunch of other people. I was uh, skeptical about him on the life issue as, as well as other issues. Um, and uh, I, I've seen enough politicians who become pro-life when they're running for office. And then uh, they seem to forget it uh, after they take their hand off the Bible. Uh, God, God bless us uh, with, with Donald Trump. His, his appointments have been phenomenal. It gave us the change that we have been waiting uh, for many generations for. And um, now we just need to take advantage of those opportunities in all the states uh, around the, uh, the country. And even in the pro-abortion states, uh, trim them back where we can get enough legislative or popular support to do so. And then I think that um, I, I saw something that I think was um, uh, Family Research Council, maybe, or Dobson. It was a TV spot, uh, not talking about abortion per se, but it, it showed the picture of a baby in the womb. And it was just marvelous. Well. We need to do a big educational job on America uh, and change uh, not just minds, but we need to change hearts uh, on this issue as well. Uh, and maybe uh, pro-life donors are gonna be more willing to write checks uh, now that uh, that kind of activity can move voters uh, as well as change hearts. We, we need to have a fight to, to change hearts and minds in America.
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful story of well, yeah, your your beginnings and then just recently with Roe versus Wade being overturned and you know and God using um you know Trump, which you know for a lot of us we did not expect um pro amazing pro-life victories. It, it, but it's it was nothing short of that. But you know, I, you know, all glory goes to God and not to Trump because Amen. You know, God, God can work through Trump, and even though Trump may take credit for everything, uh, this one all goes to God. <laughs> so, um, awesome. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope that this encourages uh, those who get to listen to uh, to talk to people and draw them in to to consider running for office when they have the capacity uh, and that pro-life passion as the the top the top priority and um and also i hope the people that uh hear this that are running for office will fill out those surveys because it's better it's better to have a paragraph than it is a checkbox at least for me <laughs> amen so. Shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green. He leads me by quiet blue. Yeah, the walk through darkest valleys, you are me, I need your protection and guidance, comforting me. You really